on trend, current and controversial. That's us. Hello, Michelle. Hi, Geordie. How are you? I'm good. What's hanging? No, that's not how you say it, is it? That's not the expression. What's hanging? What's hanging? That's disgusting. <laughs> that's inappropriate. I meant to say, how's it hanging? That famous Australian greeting. How's it hanging? To the left or to the right? <laughs> Isn't that how it goes? Do people still say that? I certainly hope not. It's disgusting. Sorry, Dad. I'm joking. My dad doesn't say that. <laughs> Michelle. Geordie. This is a podcast. For God's sake, get yourself together. Do you know what? I was just taking out my very disgusting elastic oh. from my mouth. That's what happens when you have braces. They give you elastics. Your voice sounds all juicy. You nice. take them out. You sound juicy. It's Ooh, terrible. Juicy Lucy. That's what it must be like for all the 14-year-olds with braces. Going back to the days of prepubescent braces wearing. I never wore braces. Did you? Yeah, I did. So this is double trouble for you. <laughs> and and look where it got me. I had to have them again. <laughs> so clearly they don't work, people. Don't bother. Don't bother with the braces. They do work, but I never got the metal behind the teeth. And I did get a plate, but I never wore it at night. So within about six months, it was pointless. Everything was moving. Compliance. I'm not good with compliance. No, clearly apparently. not. Listen, I'm going to tell you something right now, right here. Michelle, as I said earlier, professional face on now professional face <laughs> Sorry. this is a podcast and you listeners are eavesdropping on us because we're eavesdropping the podcast and i'm geordie and i'm michelle and we are always thrilled that you are here listening eavesdropping on us exactly welcome to your weekly dose of everything supernatural true crime and real life they're the three topics that we usually explore and I can't tell you what we're going to talk about today because they're going to keep that as a surprise. Although if you've read the notes, you'll know. But first, Michelle, I do have a little something to tell you. Has it got to do with Easter? A criminal? No. Oh, okay. It's all okay. about Easter. I was going to save it for Easter, but you know, these uh, holidays, they creep up, don't they? They're on you like a car bonnet. They just occur so quickly. One minute it's Christmas, next minute it's Easter. I know. I'm excited for the hot cross buns. Oh, I do love a hot I've cross bun. I've already had one. Oh, so good. With hot, salty yes. butter all melted in. Oh my That's God, I love it. That's the one. But listen, one of our lovely eavesdroppers, quite a prolific eavesdropper. She's written an episode. She's given us loads of things to go on. It's Love You Long Time Linda. Lind- I'm going to say that again. Love You Long Time Linda. She wrote in yet again. Thank you, Linda. Never stop writing in. And she told me a little something, something about Jesus Christ. Oh, really? Yeah. That guy? That guy. <laughs> that guy. He's still hanging around. <laughs> well, it's all about Jesus for Easter. In case you're not Christian and you don't really know, the whole Easter thing is about Jesus having resurrected. Yeah. And 40 days after that, he ascends to heaven, right? Now, my son is at a Christian school. And last night he told us he went and saw a play I don't know what it is, but it's something that the Christian schools show coming up to Easter time. And he described it to us. He said, yeah, yeah, it's like this, you know, Jesus, this bloke, I think he was Roman and he put him on trial and he was 
hung on the cross and then he died. Then he came back to life and then he just carried on with the story like there was nothing wrong with that, nothing unusual about that whatsoever. (laughs) My husband pulled him up and said, hang on a second, you've just glossed over the most miraculous thing of all. This is what all Christianity is hinged upon, the fact that this guy came back to life. Do you want to expand Mm -hmm. on that? He didn't. I posited the theory that perhaps there was more than one Jesus because we were talking about agnosticism and atheism after that. It gets heavy in your house, doesn't it? Yeah. But what Linda was interested in, she likes a lot of history podcasts. And one of those historical podcasts posited the theory that uh, Jesus is an alien. (laughs) He's a time traveling (laughs) alien. Have you heard that? No, I've not heard this. Don't know about time traveling. I never said time traveling. It's funny that you should jump straight to the well, time travel. I mean, how else is he going to live and come back? And do you know what I mean? Live and die and come back. And he's time traveled a few days because well, he can do that. Possibly. Or it's all alien technology. And rather than ascending to heaven, he got a lift. <laughs> he stuck his thumb out. He said, hey, I'm one of those V lizards. My time here is done. Yep. I've done my work. I'm ripping off my, my work. meat suit. I know you love that term. I'm ripping off Ew. my meat suit. I'm really an alien. Here I am. Beam me up. Love it. Exactly. Well, conspiracists have claimed that they have found a crucifix symbol on the surface of Mars. Obviously, with what? a massive, great, big telescope. Help us out here, <laughs> scientist Neil. They believe this discovery helps to prove that Jesus Christ was an alien who was doing the rounds and teaching all the intelligent life forms across the cosmos about ethics and morality. And why not? We're kind of doing that, aren't we, Michelle? What, here with it, this podcast? With an eavesdropper? Yes. Thou shalt yeah. not kill. Thou shalt not ogle, 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 ogle another's wife. And all of that. And if you do, we're going to talk about it on our podcast and we'll make fun of you. <laughs> Well, you know, the Bible says the 40 days after his resurrection, which is when he came back to life, Jesus called his 11 apostles or good friends, as I called them, (laughs) to join him on the Mount of Olives. I've never heard of that outside of Jerusalem. The men watched as Jesus ascended to the sky, into the sky with a cloud that hid him from sight. And it says all this, Michelle, in that famous documentary book, the famous true story tale, the Bible. The Bible. Just when you were talking about the cloud, I just kept thinking of monkey who oh, monkey. descended from the hills of a mountain top on the cloud. Don't you remember? Monkeys as funky <laughs> as ever was. Don't get me started. Monkey magic. And monkey magic. I loved that show. In fact, did I tell you about the time I dressed up as monkey? Bad move. <laughs> were you monkey? For a day. You weren't even Tripitaka. No, monkey. <laughs> I was about, I was probably too old to do it. I was about 11 or 12, too old. My daughter, who's age 12, would never dress as an ugly monkey. I had a magic wishing staff, which I spent the whole week decorating. And I just walked around, just walked around my suburban neighborhood all day, dressed as monkey. Just to be monkey. Did you have the weird little uh, bowl haircut uh, wig? What did I do for that? How did I manage that? I must have borrowed my mum's. My mum had this hairstyle, which was just, it's basically what it is now, except it's straight. She always had a short brown hair permed. Oh. If it wasn't in rollers, then eventually in the 80s, she got the perm. And she even had a wig that looked like that. Why, mum, why? You need a wig that looks different to your own hair. Change it up. Jen had a wig. And Jen's wig was a grey wig. (laughs) (laughs) I... Why? You would, why would you get a wig with grey 
please write <laughs> in. Tell us why. Was she sporting her natural hair colour at the time? Pre-grey? She's not even grey now. No, she's not. She's Hollywood blonde. But it was grey. It was short. It was a short haircut. <laughs> Honestly, I remember that wig and it was very 80s. And now I think about it. Why, Jen, would you have a grey wig? <laughs> oh, God. Please write in, Jen. We need to know. <laughs> Sorry. I find that highly amusing. Anywho, back to Jesus Christ, superstar. I'm not going to sing that because I still can't get over the sight of Jen. Why would you wear Is it just for dress-ups? Jen, why? I don't why? know. We need to investigate this. For fraud purposes? Was it, was it for when she was on the run? Who knows? We need to know. There's a story behind that, Michelle. I need to know. Jen, oh, I'm God. getting in touch. In that Bible book, Two angels in white robes appeared before the disciples and said, after he arose, you know, they said, this same Jesus who had been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven, right? <laughs> so apparently in this book, aka the Bible, Jesus often spoke about returning to the other world that he had come from. So could it be that the cloud was a UFO returning for him Ooh. to take him back to his own planet. Ooh. Think about it, people. There are some examples of ancient art that can kind of back this theory. For example, the walls of an unpronounceable cathedral in Georgia, <laughs> Georgia in the... Uh, well, Georgia's a country. It's a country near Russia. Yeah, it's... Where um... is it? It's near all the stands, isn't it? Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan. and Kazakhstan. Like, it's all oh, well near done, the Well done, Michelle, on the geography there. You get a blue wedge. Well, I could be wrong. Or maybe you don't. I'll take it back. So anyway, on the walls of this cathedral, there was some art and it was depicting the crucifixion with what looks like dome-shaped UFOs in the top corners of the paintings. How do you explain that? Well, art historians say the dome shapes are supposed to be guardian angels. But if you date it back to the Byzantium period when this painting was supposed to have been done, the angels were all depicted as human, in human form. So what the, huh? This just takes me right back to the episode we did about the weird piece of metal that was found. And they think it's reverse engineered. It was, do you remember it was found in the beach and blah, blah, blah. Back to the dinosaur days. I thought you were going to talk about Umamwa, that floating rock. But you have to go, listen, if you don't know what we're talking about, eavesdroppers, apologies for one. But number two, go back and listen if you can. Yes, go back and listen. Well, you still can because we're going to be transferring some of these episodes onto our Patreon. So get in while it's still all free, guys. Get in while you can. It's going to go behind the paywall just to give a a little gift to all our lovely patrons. And there's other things too, but we'll talk about that another time because I'm still telling you about Jesus Christ as an alien, Michelle. There's even a ufologist called Dr. Barry Downing who claims that supernatural events in the Bible, things like him walking on water and being resurrected, are all due to the fact that he's an alien and proof that the alien technologies existed back then. He also says the star that led the wise men to where Jesus was born was an actual UFO and that Mary's Immaculate Conception was the result of alien interference, a.k.a. some kind of hybrid alien-human thing experiment so basically she never had sex well she didn't she was still a virgin That's what they say instead of an anal probe she got whoop, and uh, she got a baby she got whoop. i'm 
just say. And that's what you call it in your house. Okay. <laughs> Fancy a little bit of. No, I don't know why I said that. A bit of. I am doing actually a, a hand gesture with a thumb well, up, but nobody. What does that mean? No, it's. Oh my god, it's all too much. Jen in a grey wig and a. The Jen in the grey wig thing. I mean, I'm going to be thinking about that all day. I need to find a picture of Jen in that wig. Great mysteries. We need to have a page of Jen on our social media. She's quite famous. She's got her own followers. Oh, does she? Jen's fan club. She's got a fan club. (laughs) Amazing. Wow. So Jesus was an alien. They say. The conspiracy theorists say. And a ufologist. So it's up to you whether you believe it. I personally don't, this is controversial, but I don't believe there was one Jesus, like I say. I don't believe he was one guy. No, and I don't believe that one person wrote that Bible. I mean, come on. There were ghost writers. They say Shakespeare wrote some of it. Wouldn't be surprised. But look at us now, you know, whole countries live and die on the back of religious teachings. And we're doing great. (laughs) doing great well thank you so much lovely linda that is definitely food for thought doris cloris maureen doreen leslie wesley tracy and stacy daniel daniel bill Well, Geordie, when I said to you before, have you got something on criminals? And you said, no, it's Easter. Yeah. It was because I did not know if you had been keeping abreast of Mm. the news right now where Charles Bronson. Yes. Okay, you have seen I did hear that he is applying for release. He's had enough. Had enough of it. That's the thing. He's in court. Begging for parole. He said he's been a very naughty boy. Well, he has. I mean, I don't know how much you've read, but he seems like a bit of a character. Have you seen his face? Yes. We did an episode on him. I think that's one of the episodes that's going to go behind the paywall over at Patreon. I know we did an episode where you talked about it, which is why I thought I'll bring this up. Yeah. But have you seen? He's got one of those Salvador Dali moustaches. Like a strong man. Like a strong man, like a hipster from about five years ago. Yeah. I don't know if you remember, but yeah. everywhere in East London, they had those ridiculous moustaches. The waxed, yeah, the curly moustache. Moustache. So he's got one of those. And I'm just going to tell you right now, he was not born Charles Bronson. He I changed know. his name by deed poll. Yes. Okay, you did know that. We did an episode. Yes, I I forget. (laughs) You don't listen. Well, for anyone who doesn't know who we're talking about, he is British criminal. Uh, He was an armed robber. Uh, He he held people at gunpoint, sieges, hostages, the lot. And if you remember, uh, there was a TV show or a film made about him starring Tom Hardy. And that was the first time I called him Tom Hardy Cox. Because I thought his name was Tom Cox. Which I didn't get the joke. But I got it wrong. That's all it was. He's been in the Royal Courts of Justice via live stream. And he's trying to convince the court that at 70 years old, he's a changed man. No longer the guy who would do what his younger self did. And like I said, robbery, holding 11 people hostage across nine sieges. But he never killed anyone. No. And that, actually, I did read that he came out and said... How come I've been in prison for so long? I haven't even murdered anyone, is what he did (laughs) say. But one of his uh, victims, of like hostage victims, was one of his 
governors. And apparently he said during his court hearing just last week and this week, he said he has no remorse about taking that governor hostage. And obviously it didn't go well. Right. In fact, at the court he said, and these are his words, that was 30 years ago and I've moved on from that long ago. And then he said, Governor Adrian Wallace was an asshole. He is an asshole and he's going to die an asshole. <laughs> and I have no remorse taking that guy hostage. Fair enough. And then he said about another governor he t- uh, tried to take hostage in 2018. Yeah. He said, nothing better than wrapping a governor up like a Christmas turkey. What did he do to him? That's what he said about it. I don't know, but oh. it doesn't sound good. And he said, I admit, I couldn't stop taking hostages. I was a horrible person. I went through a phase. I just couldn't help taking hostages, he said. (laughs) And he's been punished as a result of his naughty behaviour. But he says enough is enough. And then he said about porridge. He said, first of all, it's no secret I've eaten more porridge than Goldilocks and her three bears and I'm sick of it. I've had enough and I want to go home. Fair enough. Now, for listeners not from the UK, porridge is the term used for time spent in prison. Yeah, so anyway, uh, he's still in the courts. We don't know if he's going to get released, but I'll keep you all up to date. Cause Wonderful. I don't know if we want these this guy on our streets. Could be entertaining. He's been let out before. Has he? And w- within a year, he was back I in. I thought he escaped. No, I think he was actually released. And that's when he changed his name to Charles Bronson okay. so he could start a career right. as a bare-knuckled boxer illegally. So there you go. Good on you, Charles. Well, let's see. Let's see what happens. So there you go. Where do you go? There you go. There you go. Well, I've got a little UFO something something to talk about. It's a supernatural. It is today, and it's UFOs. UFOs. UAPs. UF, oh my God, that's what we're talking about today. Fantastic. And look, actually, I'm talking about what has been dubbed uh, one of the world's biggest UFO mysteries. Oh, what, Betty and Barney? More than that, more than that. Well, and it's been in the news over the last couple of weeks because there has been some information that's come to light just recently people we're uh very very on it on trend current and controversial that's us and reactive we're reactive yes zeitgeist this story has sent the ufologists crazy oh a little preamble i'm going to take you back to august the 4th 1990 okay to a little village well called perthshire in the scottish highlands in scotland scotland you've been there not there, but I know that it's in Scotland. I have been to Scotland. Yes, I've been to Scotland. But not Perthshire. Yeah. And there was a guy called Kevin Russell who was working as a porter at the Pitlochre Hydro Hotel. Did you like how I said that? Pitlochre. Very good. Thank you very yes, much. Pitlochre. So around nine o'clock at night, Kevin and one of his hotel mates went for a walk after work. Nine o'clock at night. And look, when I was reading this account of where these two guys... Were they drunk? Well, that's what I wondered because it's right in the heart of whiskey country where this is. Yeah. So I don't know. But two guys... Where did they work again? Pit Lokre Hydro Hotel in Perthshire. So it's a hotel, Hydro Hotel. That sounds like water. 
So it's like a spa hotel. Right in the mall, right? It's meant to be absolutely stunning. I've seen Beautiful, pictures. Beautiful, I bet. Yeah, gorgeous. But yeah, nine o'clock at night. And this did strike me as a bit bizarre because... It was, it was August. It was summer. It's still light. It is. And I actually did some research on that too. They're very far north. The sun may have set, but there's still daylight. Yeah. But those midges. Oh, my They'll God. They'll have had the awful. midges. Bitten to bits. So I thought at the time, okay, nine o'clock at night. Is it weird they went for a walk? Thing is, they didn't just go for a little stroll around the village. They went for a hike. And they went through a copse. They climbed a fence. And they ended up in this gorgeous moorland near Calvine, which is a little more right in the heart of, like I said, the kind of whiskey country. I don't know what, why they decided to go for that hike, but they did, and they saw something wild. Oh, I've never heard yeah. anything about this, Michelle. Tell me, what did they see? They saw this huge diamond-shaped craft hovering in the sky. Crikey. And in fact, Kevin and his mate said they watched this metallic diamond, which was according to them, around 30 metres long. Whoa. That's fucking massive, right? They watched this thing just hovering in the sky for around 10 minutes, watching it and listening to it because it was making this low hum. (gasps) More than that, Kevin said that after a minute or two, he and his mate saw a Harrier fighter jet go northwards at high altitude above them Then a minute or two later, it came back southwards at low altitude, circled around this hovering diamond-shaped UFO at very low speed, and then it flew off. Only one. One Harrier jet. Then a few minutes after that, the diamond-shaped UFO shot up vertically straight into the sky at high speeds, and that was the last they saw of it. Wow. Kevin had a camera with him uh. and he managed to take six photographs of the UFO. And I've seen the pictures. Yeah. Well, actually, I haven't seen all six of them. I've seen one. Okay. And it's amazing. And it's actually got this fighter jet in the background. Oh, my goodness. I think in terms of what we just talked about with the lighting, because it, it does look quite like daylight, I think it looks pretty legit. Just put a pin in that because... Kevin and his mate were apparently really fucking terrified by what they'd just seen. I'm sure. I'm terrified just listening to it. Yeah. And he's got the pictures. So they decided to contact the Scottish newspaper, The Daily Record, where they arranged to meet one of the journalists there to show them the pictures and to share their story. Back in 1990, digital cameras and, you know, mobiles with cameras didn't exist. So... They handed over to the newspaper their pictures and the negatives. And for some reason, the Daily Record, well, they didn't run the story. Weird. Yeah. What they did instead was they gave the photos to the Ministry of Defence, who, according to government records, sent these pictures to a crack UFO team called JARIC which stands for the Joint Air Reconnaissance Intelligence Centre, which was based at RAF Brampton in Cambridgeshire. And at that time was the UK's National Strategic Imagery Intelligence Provider and was like the military centre of expertise for 
imagery analysis. Huh. You know, none of this is ringing any bells. It's so interesting, Michelle, because we do a lot of research on this stuff and I've never heard any of these things. That term, this story. I've never even heard of Jarek, right? That's what I'm saying. The pictures went off to Jarek. They went hard on these pictures. And when they were analysing them, they found they could identify that Harrier jet that was in the background. But when it came to that diamond-shaped UFO hanging in the foreground... No explanation. It defied any kind of classification. Far out. And more than that, too, they came to the conclusion that the pictures, they were real. They weren't faked. (gasps) Yeah. And they came to the conclusion that the diamond-shaped craft was real. It wasn't a blip or some kind of, you know, mess up on the camera film. No, it was a real thing. They just don't know what the fuck it was. Wow. And, you know, then with the questions like, what the hell is it? Is it a UFO? Is it some kind of military craft? Well, the UK Ministry of Defence apparently then started thinking about what it could be. And I found this video of this guy called Nick Pope, who worked at the Ministry of Defence in the 90s. And he was actually employed to investigate UFOs. He worked at the Ministry of Defence and he worked in Whitehall until 2004. And he actually wrote a book about what we're talking about today in 1996 called Open Skies, Closed Minds. Oh. So at the time, he was a junior at the Ministry of Defence and he was talking to the, and I'll say MOD, Ministry Ministry of of Defence. I keep wanting to say military of defence. Ministry of Defence. He'd been talking to one of the MOD's top UFO experts who apparently said at the time, and he was doing these hand gesticulations, he said, it's not the Americans, and he pointed to the left, and it's not the Russians, and he pointed to the right, and, and he said, and that only leaves, and he points to the sky. Oh, Bloody hell. Yeah. And like I said earlier, Kevin's story was never published. And the photos that were sent to Whitehall, gone, vanished. No one had ever seen the pictures that Kevin took. But how did you see the picture? Well, for 30 years, no one had ever seen Kevin's pictures. And they were assumed missing until last year. 2022, when one of Kevin's pictures, the one that I saw with the fighter Uh plane in the background, it was discovered. Where? Honestly, the story is wild. I'll tell you because there's a lot to this, how it was discovered. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, Geordie, like this thing, considering no one had really heard of this story. Yes. For this photo to come out, and like I said, there's a lot to even how this photo came out. Well, I want to know everything. It has been dubbed the Calvine photo and it is now regarded as one of the clearest UFO pictures ever taken. What did it look like to you, Michelle, this diamond shape hovering? Bear in mind, 30 metres long. Yeah, with a tiny Harrier jet in the background. Yeah, really tiny. So it's metal, a diamond shape. But when I say diamond, it's like a long flat diamond it's not like a pointy diamond so okay because I imagined it was quite long and no imagine a diamond that is 
if you're looking at it from across ways, no, it's more landscape than portrait as a diamond. Okay. So, so it's shallow. Lo- it's flat and wide. Well, no, it's pointy on both like the top and the bottom, but it's flatter and wider than a normal diamond. Okay. You can see that it's metallic. It's weird. And you can see these gorgeous like moors in the background and clouds and kind of insane. And what does the chap who took it, Calvin, say? What does he say? No, so it was a guy called Kevin and I will I'll get to Kev Kevin. Kevin Russell. Soz Kev. And it was taken on the Calvine Moors, right? That's why it's called the Calvine Photo. And to be honest, like for this whole story so far, I've been talking about Kevin who took the pictures like it's all common knowledge. But for 33 years, no one knew who took those pictures. Right. His identity had remained secret for all that time until last year when Kevin was finally revealed as the person who saw the UFO because his identity had never been revealed because the story had never come out. The pictures were buried somewhere, disappeared at the Ministry of Defence or in Whitehall. And Kevin was just often, for the last 30-odd years, had been named as a hiker. No one knew his name. And then, like I said, last year, it was revealed that his name was Kevin Russell. And this all came about because of an academic and journalist called Dr. David Clark, who had actually worked as a curator for the Ministry of Defence in their UFO files project at the National Archives. First of all, I didn't even know that the Ministry of Defence had UFO files project and let alone at the National Archives. So this is quite serious. Okay, I feel like I knew that. Okay, so this guy, Dr. David Clark, he was working there. He's also an associate professor from Sheffield Hallam University. He'd heard about the Calvine photo and he began digging deep into how the pictures had just gone missing through a lot of his own investigation and following up on loads of leads. He somehow managed to track down the former RAF press officer from 1990 and he was a guy called Craig Lindsay. Now, this to me sounds incredible, but it turns out that Craig Lindsay had kept a copy of the original photograph, the one that we have now all seen that's all over the internet because he was the person who was liaising between the Ministry of Defence and the Daily Records Glasgow office when the original prints and the negatives were being handed over to the military from the newspaper back in 1990. He was the Uh go-between. You know, he was the, the press liaison. So when Craig Lindsay was tracked down last year by Dr. David Clark, he apparently said to David... I've been waiting for someone to contact me about this for more than 30 years. Oh. He knew he was sitting on something. It's funny he never went public with other papers. I know he had no proof, so maybe because it was taken from him by the Daily Record and then given to the MOD, but surely it would have been like reported somewhere along the lines, don't you think? It was buried by the Ministry of Defence. The photos were gone. The negatives were gone. Kevin's story. And his friend, does he verify? Because there was two of them. There were two of them and I don't know who the friend is. The friend has never been revealed. 
So if that friend's out there and you're an eavesdropper, get in touch. Well, congratulations, number one. (laughs) But the thing for me is that this guy, Craig Lindsay, God knows what kind of, you know, non-disclosure he's had to sign over the years. Also, if he's working for the uh, Ministry of Defence, that shit is full on. You know, that's right. that's ex-military. You don't just go, hey. No, you do not. Daily Mail, oh, I've got this picture of UFO. You know, you don't just hand that shit over. And the thing is, that, you know, the one picture that's out there, it's accompanied by a picture that I think must have been taken by Dr. David Clark because it shows the original envelope that was sent by the Scottish Daily Record to the Ministry of Defence back in 1990. So it's just like a manila envelope kind of thing with all the post stamps and everything on it. And that's sort of, you know, the proof of like, yeah, it came in this, came in this envelope and I still have it. That's how he's stored it Mm. for the last 30 odd years. That was where the original six photos from Calvine had, you know, been inside this packet. Craig Lindsay, after all these years, you know, he's kind of a good sport because he agreed to hand over his one and only photo to Dr. Clark and a guy called Vinnie Adams from a campaign group called UAP Media UK. Okay, that sounds interesting. Bookmark that. And apparently the picture has now been filed in the archives at Sheffield Hallam University. But circling back to Kevin Russell, even though one of the photographs has been found... And the world now knows that it was Kevin who took the photo. Apparently, Kev, I'm going to call him Kev. Let's just call him Kev. I hope that's okay, Kev. Call him Kev. Kevin. Kev's not come forward to talk about what he oh. saw, even though his name is now out there as the person who took the In photo lights. Yeah. and, you know, reported it. An investigator called Matthew Ilsley has gone to the media urging Kev to get in touch. And he says that Kevin would now be in his 50s. And what this investigator, Matthew Elsie, has also done, he's tracked down some of Kev's Pit Locre hotel colleagues to try and find out what happened to Kev. Where is he? And they all said that he went back to his hometown of Glasgow in the early 90s and that they kind of lost touch with him. Although... One workmate did give... Facebook? Well, Geordie, I didn't even think of Facebook. Should we do it? Oh, my God. Yes, let's find him. Let's track him down. Because no one else will have thought of that. I didn't think of it. Honestly, that should be my number (laughs) one. That's not to say that the other people investigating it who's appealing for him haven't thought of it. Well, I will tell you that after Matthew went to his work colleagues, they did give him a picture of... Kev from back in the day so they know what he looks like 30 odd years ago and because this all went large it sent the UFO hunters into a spin right and obviously it's not just us that want to talk to Kevin about what he saw you know it's other people too people want to know so as we know the internet is full of UFO super sleuths Okay, I'm sure they went on Facebook. I didn't. I don't know why I didn't. But they, (laughs) but also they got on the case and they contacted around 150 Kevin Russells living in the UK, Australia, US, 
Canada. And about three. Apologies to all the Kevin I know, Russells. I know. They would have got some bizarre little, hi, did you see a UFO back in 1990? Phone call. <laughs> I'm being scammed. <laughs> Give us your mother's maiden name. Block, delete, move on. Exactly. So <laughs> about 300 Scottish people with the surname Russell were apparently also called. Hi. Oh, really? Blanket Yeah, search. really. Like, hi. I, I imagine it was more like, do you have a brother, a cousin, an uncle, a grandfather called Kev? If you do, can you help us out? We're trying to find him. Yeah. Drop him in it. Went nowhere, Geordie. No leads. After all of that information. Oh, he's not real. This is what some people say. However. Is it an elaborate hoax, Michelle? I don't think it is because there are a lot of things that have been apparently verified Kev, if you're out there and you're an eavesdropper, please get in touch. We want to hear your side of the story. And we want to know what you saw that night. Because I actually do think it was a UFO. You know, I always think that. Yeah. I always think it's aliens, UFOs. Yeah, of course you do. Yeah, you're going to always err on the side of magical. Well, I do. I just think after seeing the picture, and I will put links to it, I think there is something to this. But, of course, a lot of people think it's a hoax or there are a lot of people who think it's all secret military stuff, particularly because the Calvine file should have been released and declassified after 30 years in 2021. But for reasons unknown, Geordie, the Ministry of Defence blocked the release of certain key details in that Calvine file until 2076. What? Yes. You cannot get the whole file. There are things that the Ministry of Defence do not want us to know about it. And they've cited privacy concerns. What? Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Because you think, okay, how much more can this story have to it? Well, there are a lot of UFO experts out there who believe that the hovering diamond UFO yeah. Unlike me, they they think it's not aliens. What do they think it is? A secret US reconnaissance aircraft named Aurora. Okay. That's what I think too. No. Uh, yes, I think it's something secret and so, yeah, privacy issues, yeah. It's not from our space, it's from within our own world. And it's something very, very secret. This aircraft. Why is it in England though? Why is it in Scotland? Yeah. There's there's interesting things about that too because this aircraft, Aurora, supposedly, because it's meant to be secret, US secret aircraft, supposedly meant to be a silent supersonic stealth spy craft. Can I just say that's really hard to say with braces. I've got a lot of S's there. I bet. But is it like a big spy balloon and maybe it blew off course? Geordie, it's not a balloon. I tell you, okay. the shape, when you see the shape, you see this thing. It's right. not a goddamn weather balloon. It looks nothing like a weather balloon looks like. But anyway, this uh, investigator, Matthew Ilsley, has said to the media, and this is a direct quote from him, one Ministry of Defence insider described the photo as the most spectacular UFO picture ever captured. And it's the holy grail in terms of hard evidence that these things really exist. It's a picture the Ministry of Defence and the National Archives have tried their utmost to keep hidden. But the more likely truth lies with human aircraft advancements that were covered up by the Ministry of Defence and US intelligence agencies. 
and it's potentially a piece of military history that can be unlocked once and for all. I just saw a picture of it. I think it could easily be something man-made. What? Yes. Seriously? Yes. Man-made, hovering for 10 minutes. All right. Well, there's a dirigible. There's such a thing as a dirigible. It wasn't silent, was it? It was humming away. No, very quiet humming, apparently. And look, Dr. David Clark, I think he's on the same side of the fence as you because he thinks it could be military as well. And he says he managed to track down a retired British military intelligence source who, unnamed... But, you know, maybe this guy wants to protect himself. We don't know the name of this military intelligence source, British military. This source apparently told Dr. Clark that the diamond-shaped craft was the real deal. It did exist and it wasn't faked. Yeah. This source also said that he flew to Scotland in 1990 to meet Kevin and his mate to talk to them about what they'd seen And he reckons that after doing his own digging around into what was going on, his conclusion was that the craft was American and that it was a stealthy, ultra-high-tech, ultra-secret surveillance and target designation platform. Target designation? What does that mean? Yeah, it's scary. It's basically a craft that could stay at high altitude for a long time and guide stealth bombers to targets on the ground. Evil. Doesn't sound good. And look, people have also thought that the diamond UFO could be this aurora, which officially has never been confirmed to actually exist, but is meant to be a hypersonic spy plane capable of the ridiculously fast speeds that Kevin said he saw the diamond take off at. It's all adding up, Michelle. It is. So all this talk of secret US military aircraft led me down a little rabbit hole where I came across a guy called Professor Simon Holland. So he's an ex-BBC Horizon producer and he's now a YouTuber and he has this YouTube channel that is right up my alley because he has all this info about UFOs and their connection to the military. Oh, you've been sleuthing. I have been sleuthing on this because honestly, I just thought, it, oh, here's this thing about this um, Calvine photo, you know, like most mysterious UFO photo ever. Once you start digging into this, it's military, it's secret planes, it's all of this stuff. And this guy, Professor Simon Holland, right on his YouTube channel, he's got this little video, which is a bit about himself. And he says he grew up next door to a place in Scotland called Makrehanish. Oh, that sounds like it's from somewhere else, not Scotland. Where could that be? How do you spell that? M-A-C-H-R-I-H-A-N-I-S-H. Makrehanish. Very good. I don't know. Okay. God knows how you say it. I I apologise to our Scottish (laughs) listeners. But apparently, Makrehanish is the most secret Scottish airbase. And he grew up right next to it. And he has a lot of theories about what he and his family have seen over the years going on over there. Wow. Including information about this supposedly non-existent Aurora spy plane. And if you go to his channel, you'll see he's created this little video on the Calvine photo. And he has spoken out to the media about his theory about the picture. 
And he believes that the diamond UFO craft, whatever, may have been a kind of stealth aircraft prototype that British Aerospace, which is now called BAE Systems, and you've probably come across BAE Systems in in your research. BAE Systems are the Ministry of Defence's contractor that they used and what they did was they developed technology and they were apparently back in the 90s developing technology to avoid radar detection. Right, more spy stuff. And Simon's come up with this theory because he says the Ministry of Defence has previously said that no known and I've got that in inverted commas, no known Harrier jets were in the area at the time, in the in the moors of, of Scotland. Okay. So no known Harrier jets. No one's owning up no. to it. But through his own research, he has discovered that the only other British Harriers around at the time in 1990 were privately owned by BAE Systems. Like I said, the Ministry of Defence's contractor. Okay. So that's a sneaky Harrier. They don't have to report to anyone. They don't have to... T- well, they do when they're contracted by the MOD. Yeah, but they're kind of independent. And they were using their Harrier jets to test BAE advanced technology. And what's more, he says that as he dug deeper into the whole BAE thing, he discovered that a company called Marconi Advanced Materials was based inside the BAE headquarters at Wharton in Lancashire. And they were potentially, not confirmed, but whispers out there, they were working on advanced stealth skin material for the US Air Force. Yeah. So some kind of you know, technological, I don't know if if it was metallic or what it was, but some kind of stealth skin that you put over, like a cloak, you put over something and it can't be detected by radars. Oh, wow. And if you want to know more about what he's talking about, I will link you to Simon's YouTube where he has created this little 13-minute video about his military theory and this Calvine photo. This is all very mind-blowing, Michelle. I know, it's crazy. But not everyone is on board with Simon's theory about the whole, you know, BAE systems. And in fact, there is a paranormal investigator called Strafe. And I don't know if that's how you say his name. It's S-T-R-A-I-P-H, Strafe. Okay, let's just call him that. Yep. Strafe Wilson. And he has spent years looking into the Calvine incident because there have been whispers about this, but no photo. So people had heard about it before, but they just didn't have any evidence or proof. They just... This is what I was asking you before. Do you remember? Mm. I said, hasn't hasn't anybody talked about it at all? Has it not been like whispers and things in 14 Times or in the network of UFO spotters? I think UFO spotters have heard about rumours, but there's never been anything Really, concrete. Until last year. Yeah, until last year when it all just blew up on the internet. But this guy, Strafe Wilson, you know, he's been looking into this thing for a long time. And somehow uh, he got his hands on a witness statement from the Ministry of Defence through a freedom of information request. They gave it to him. 
And he reckons this witness statement confirms that the diamond UFO was hovering for around 10 minutes before ascending vertically upwards at high speed. Like Jesus. And in an article in uh, The Courier, which is, you know, part of the, what is it, Evening Standard, he's like given an interview and he says that it's unlikely that either the UK or USA had that kind of really advanced technology back in 1990. Because if they did, he thinks it would have been put to use by the military since 1990. Yeah, like by now. we would Well, have... how do we know that it hasn't if it's invisible skin? Well, he thinks we would have seen or heard about it either during the Gulf War, Afghanistan, Syria, or even what's going on in the Ukraine right now. But perhaps it is being used, but no one spotted it. You think? It's that advanced with its magical skin. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Because, you know, look, secret black budget military projects, we know they exist. We know they're out there. If they have the technology, I guess you're right. Would we know about it? Would we not know about it? Would it be completely secret? I don't know. The fact that it's on hold, like it's redacted until 2073, says to me that it's definitely something of our own making, of mankind's own making. And it's for use in warfare. And that's why. You think... I really think that's the clue here. Well, yes, you might be onto something, Jordy. You know, I just want it to be alien. <laughs> you know, there are a lot of things that do suggest that the military is involved. I mean, the Harrier, for example, in the picture. One Harrier, one Harrier. Yeah, so it makes sense if there was something alien mm. hovering. And of course, it would be spotted because there's cameras everywhere. And that's airspace, even though it's far north of Scotland, they would send a fleet. They wouldn't send one. You think? Why one? This one has been bothering me since the beginning of the story. They would have scrambled a bunch, not one. Really? You think just one? Never one. one. It's Hmm. part of it. Okay. Well, maybe there were more. There was one, actually, account that I read in one of the um, reports that said there were a fleet of Harriers. Uh, But that was only in one report. I only read that one time. So there are a few things about this story where you have to piece together what's going on because... It's a lot of secretive stuff going on as well. And we might be even being fed information, which isn't true. Yeah, fake news. This could be fake news because where's Kev? Kev has not come out. All the Kevs have been contacted. All the Kevs everywhere. No Kev came forward. No, Kev's gone AWOL. To be fair, it was 30-odd years ago. Kev may not, bless him, be on this mortal coil anymore. We don't know. R.I.P. Kev. R.I.P. Kev. Yes, but there would be some sort of trace of him. They they would know that. They would have found that. Maybe Kev got given a new identity. Who knows what happened Mm. to Kev. But there are a few small inconsistencies. Like, was it a fleet? Was it just one? All we know is that one was photographed. Or maybe there was a fleet in the other five photographs that have never come to light. We don't know. What about the Daily Record? Has anybody come forward from there? The people like the publishers, the... The journalists. The editors, the journalists who handed it over. What do they say? Somebody must have seen them at some point to think that they were that important to send everything, negatives included. Mm. And Kev, Mm. if you are real... Why the hell did you give them the negatives? That was necessary. I know, you could have just given them the prints. But do you know what? Maybe he was strong-armed into doing it. 
Who knows? Look, I don't know. I mean, maybe I should ring up. Maybe I should just give. Michelle, I'm thinking you should be locking your doors tonight, nevertheless, <laughs> no matter what happens. You're uncovering something. It's very Mulder and Scully. You're uncovering something. I'm worried. No, it's okay. But I will say that the magazine, well, the newspaper hadn't really been contacted as far as I can tell. But the courier who was who's done this recent little digging into this, they did contact BAE Systems for comment on all this. And the spokesperson basically just gave them the brush off, saying that the Calvine photo predated the formation of BAE as it exists today. So they weren't really in a position to comment. And the uh, Ministry of Defence were also contacted, but obviously declined to comment as well. So people are not talking about this. People who might have knowledge or something to add to the conversation. They're not coming forth, Geordie. They're all keeping stum. Where does this leave us? Pretty much no closer to an understanding of what this photo is all about. You know, is it a UFO? Yeah. I'd like to think so. No. Is it an alien no, spacecraft? So. Maybe. No. <laughs> You're like, nah. Isn't a UFO and an alien spacecraft, aren't they kind of the same thing? Well, a UFO is unidentified. And okay. effectively, like, it is. To all intense persons, it is unidentified. I'd like to think it's aliens. But like you think, it's probably more likely a military spy craft. But, you know, is it? And where is Kevin? And is it all a hoax? Where's Kevin? And why was there only one Harrier jet? And what's true and what's not? And if, you know what, all this information that you've given me about Kevin, he said this, he said that. How do we fucking know? Where was he to start with? No one's verified it with Kevin ever. I think the, there's a massive flaw in this because you told me stuff from the beginning mm-hmm. about how they were, were, where they worked, where they went, how they got this information across, when they, what happened that night. Who told you that? Where did you find that information out? If Kevin's never been found. Well, Kevin's not been found but do you remember I said that Dr. David Clark had written a book in 1996 yes. and he was working the Ministry of Defence. Okay, so he remembers the letter coming in. He was an insider. He was an insider. He was there for okay, all of so it. Okay, so he whistled blue, basically, all the info. Okay, gotcha. So that was documented. This is from two lads. One's called Kevin Russell. They both worked at Pitt Lockery. Yeah. Hydra Spa. Because he was a curator there for for the Ministry of Defence in the National Archives. So he had access to all this top secret stuff. I don't know how he was allowed to bloody write a book in 1996 about it, but he did. Wow. There's a lot of questions. More questions than answers, I'm afraid, Michelle. I'm not happy. No. And do you know what? That's all I got. That's all I got because that's where we that's Aww. where the story ends for right now. But do you know what? I am going to keep my eye on this because I think there is something more to this. And I will put all the links so you can see this diamond, which Geordie thinks is a weather balloon and I think is aliens. But guys, <laughs> write in. We want to know what you think. Well, thanks for that, Michelle. I think that was so fascinating that I'm not going to tell you my little story this week. So you can wait till next time. 
But I do want to talk to you. A few things have come up during that story for me, and I want to tell you what it reminded me of, a couple of things. Number one, it reminded me of that film, Nope, which I keep going on about. Number two, it also made me think of a great TV show that I've been watching. Did I tell you? I've watched all the seasons now with my whole family of Slow Horses starring Gary Oldman. Oh, he's so good. I love him. I've seen it. I can't remember what it was. What was the story? So good. It's Spies. Spies. It's the shit spies. Yeah. It's MI5. You've got the good spies with Kristen Scott Thomas. Then you've got the shit spies with Gary Oldman. He's the boss of them. And it's so good. It's everything I've ever wanted in a TV show. I've seen a few things like that before. They've never made it past one season. And I'm so happy. It's in my life. And I'm so happy it's got Gary Oldman in. But he's he's looking not his best, isn't he? He's No. But that's Gary. That's what he does. And he's still great. Gary's great. doesn't matter if he's put on a few extra pounds. And I don't know if you found it and put it in the notes, but I've remembered the name of Kathy Burke. Speaking of, you know, Kathy Burke, she worked with Gary Oldman in his... Do you remember when he was a young actor and then he did a autobiographical film, which was quite tough watching? And I can't remember what that's called, but Kathy Burke was in that. Or was it Ray Winston? Was it both of them? But Kathy Burke, who I was talking about last week, who has a funny podcast. This is the lady that used to be in Gimme, Gimme, Gimme and Harry Enfield and Chums. And she's got a great documentary about women on at Mm. the moment on the telly. Well, her podcast is called Where There's a Will, There's a Wake. Yes. And I did actually go and listen to the episode with Dawn Friend. Oh, I haven't heard that one yet. I'm listening to Tim Key. He's Fab. I love well, the him. one with Dawn French, I won't tell you much except she does talk about rubbing her tits for luck. That's Dawn for you. <laughs> so there you have it. Wonderful. I can't wait to catch up with more of those, Kathy. But, but don't listen to other podcasts, people. Stick with us. Stick with us. You might even learn something. And Who knows? Spread the word. Well, Geordie, I am going to put links. Links for days. Links. Links for days. I'm going to find out what that Gary Oldman film is i'm going to put another link to where there's a will there's a wake and honestly if anyone's got any good telerecs i'm all up in that because i've been watching a show called this is us i'm just about to come to the end of the last season i've heard about that good it's got mandy moore in it who mandy moore I don't know who that is. She was that teeny bop singer from back in the day and very pretty. She's fantastic in this, although she's getting a bit annoying as the mum. They've made oh. her look like Sally Field. I don't know why anyone would do that. <laughs> They've given her a terrible haircut. Nothing wrong with Sally Field. Well, I don't know. But do you know what? Like it's It's been a great series. I feel like I've been on a ride with this family. It's apparently won loads of awards. It's it's full of heart. It's full of heart. There's no supernatural. It's all real life, but not real life because it's a drama. So I'm coming to the end of that, of This Is Us. So all if right. anyone's got anything. For your entertainment, people. We like to tell you things, not scary things. Not scary things. And not that one about the mushroom, whatever that no. is. Pa- mushroom pandemic. This is, a, this Is Us, I was going to call it. It's called, <laughs> no, it's called The Last of Us. The Last of Us. Oh, yeah. this is us. The Last of Us. Very yeah, smart. Don't get them mixed up. If you're liking, no. a, if you're looking forward to a nice quiet night, don't put one on and not the other, because you'll have nightmares like I did when I watched it. Thank God for Pedro Pascal, though he's gorgeous, wonderful, exciting to watch him. But I have to have my eyes shut so I don't get to see much of him. I watched one episode 
which was a nice calm one with no one well some people died but it wasn't horrible everyone says it's one of the best things to be released this year but i can see that but my anxiety is such that i just i mean i was anxious when there was a real pandemic in this world so i don't Mm -hmm. know if i'm ready to revisit that feeling plus zombies and i no it just doesn't work i cannot get past it it. for me it's my worst fear ever really yeah i don't even know what my worst fear is i don't go there I don't even think about what my worst fear is. Think deep, Michelle. Find out. Do you know what, though? In This Is Us, they play a game. There's this couple married and they play a game. Worst case scenario. And then they have to reveal what they think is the worst thing that could happen in a particular situation that they're worried about. Okay, that's good. You know, you have to sort of think, okay, if this is my worst scenario, this is the worst thing that could happen. Yeah. And that doesn't happen. Life's okay. So it's a good coping mechanism. There's a lot in that show. I'll remember that. Speaking of shows. Oh, show's over, Michelle. Show is over. Thank you for all your incredible information, revealing information. I really hope that no men in black come by and knock on your door later on this evening. If they do, they've got a lot of bloody steps to go up. They'll be too exhausted by the time they get (laughs) here. They'll be huffing and puffing. They may roll out the diamond-shaped floating device to drop them off at the top. Yep. So I've seen weird lights just two nights ago. Did you? At, over the mountain. Yes, I did. I was coming home late and I looked up and I was like, what the fuck is that? Oh, my and God. And you know what? I, don't, I can't even tell Andreas anymore because he just gives me the brush off. Those eyes are rolling so far back in his head that you can only see the whites. Really? So I just keep it to myself except I tell... The, the world on the but, podcast, yeah. <laughs> the eavesdroppers. <laughs> Hopefully no men in black will come because we've got another show to do next week. But we until do. then, Geordie, there's only one thing to say. Well, three things, and that is... Wherever you are... Whatever you do... Just, just keep, keep eavesdropping. 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 Eaves